This week, Twitter pays millions, Google pays billions, and Apple TV Plus has a few million users. Those are some of the tech news stories from this week. That's Sunday, September 26, 2021. My name is Kirk Corliss. And I'm Scott Ertz. And it's episode 95 of the GNC Week in Review podcast, proud partner of the Tech Podcast Network, if it's tech, it's here. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. We are live on gncweekly.com slash live, so please be sure to say hello in chat or comment. Also, be sure to like and subscribe to the GNC WIR channel on YouTube. If you are if you miss a live video, that's okay. You can always catch the replay later. If you are a listener, please be sure to please be sure to subscribe to the podcast where you can find on the right-hand side column at gncweekly.com, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. If you have a comment, be it on social media or email, and those links can all be found at gncweekly.com forward slash connect. So we've been off for about a month. Um, last episode was August 19th, I believe. Um, so I had some personal things I take care of and um, house I got things. sick. <laughs> you got sick. <laughs> oh. I had house uh, things. Uh, I, Hurricane Ida passed through us. Luckily, we were okay. Everybody was fine. That's good. But um, yeah, we had uh, but about, about roughly about a week later, um, there was a problem with our pipes. Come to find out they dug in our, in our street outside. Thought it was next door. <sighs> it was our place so the water department shut off our water so uh i was supposed to do <laughs> so uh we had to relocate to a hotel um for a few days and um also and also couldn't be very weird recording and, and doing a live live episode from a hotel room because it wasn't really physically <laughs> conducive and the wi-fi there sucks <laughs> Well, that's for sure. Uh, I, will, I will tell you in the past, I have, we have done live shows from our hotel during CES. Mm -hmm. Ooh. <laughs> what a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really a real pain in the butt, but yeah, some other things happened. So I had to take care of some personal stuff, but I am a happy, happy puppy, uh, but we're back. Um, normally if you're listening new, if you're brand new to the podcast and live, um, we're, it's for, we're live Friday evenings, at 8 PM Eastern time, but we moved things up for this episode. So I'm a happy puppy. We're at 95. We're five episodes away from 100 from 100. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm, we got a lot of cool stuff, a new hope, you know, a new logo. I'm going to get the roadcaster ordered. So, um, roadcaster pro, excuse me, ordered, um so hopefully as, we're gonna have new as i as i camera. rub mine off camera <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna love so i'm gonna get that um so new logo new intro video um new logo for the for the website and for the uh the cover art so i'm like really really happy oh i'm really really happy and also i'm happy lastly i got the we got our all the press and attendees for ces got their invite got their registration stuff in the uh, by email <sighs> Oh, I'm so happy. I am like, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, because I always say the people to to Todd, the Scott, Todd, everybody, this is like my Christmas, my New Year's, my birthday, all rolled in one. And um, I am looking forward to it. I mean, we haven't been, uh, you know, I haven't been out 
do out out you know my wife and i and our daughter went out to dinner back in july for the for, for like 18 months so be able to go to a different state <laughs> <laughs> um so we able to go there but yeah it's gonna be we're gonna have a lot it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome i cannot wait this podcast is gonna be there plug it's live Geek News Central, the Tech Ranch, the Gadget Professor, Talking Sound Podcast. Fingers crossed. Um, so we're gonna and we're, there's things slowly. We're not we're in the planning stages right now, tiny bit. Um, I'm uh, I got my hotel booked, which I got a really a really good deal. Um, planes almost booked, really good deal on that. So I am really happy. So I'm happy all the way. I'm happy all the way around. Speaking of CES. Did you know that they renamed the Sands? Yeah, Venetian. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. That makes me unhappy. Yeah, I, I wonder well there's well they we don't we don't know if they're going to have um Eureka Park there. They're going to probably going to probably have it in that expansion or no. Um no. uh what what I've heard from uh I I've been talking with with CTA the last couple of weeks, um, it sounds like we're still in the sands. Okay. Uh, the stuff that was in the North Hall, the automotive and stuff, is moving west, mm-hmm. um, which means I don't know what's going to be in North Hall. <laughs> <laughs> um, but from what we understand, the North Hall stuff is moving to the new West Hall. So, which makes sense. It's a little difficult to get cars and stuff in and out of the North Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier than trying to get them in and out of the South Hall. But it's still right. not great. Um, right. Apparently, the West Hall was designed specifically with the idea of large items being able to come and go. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can easily drive a car onto the show floor. Okay. So so automotive stuff is moving to, to the West, if I remember correctly. And then I don't know what that means for the North Hall. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, because all the cars, um, they were in Central Hall, right? Because I still only want well, some of them, but the actual okay. automotive section mm-hmm. uh, was North Hall. Okay, I only well, I only ventured for Central Hall for forty five minutes. So <laughs> that's funny because I the last couple of years I haven't even bothered to go into the North Hall. <laughs> okay, well, Central Hall was well from what I saw when I was there, and I know you've been there for a lot for for many years, but but from what I saw, Central Hall. It was endless. I didn't. I mean, it just kept going and going and going and going and going. And at yeah. one point, I got I got lost in I got lost in Samsung's uh, city. <laughs> uh huh. If it helps, that's the back of the central hall. Okay. <laughs> well, that, that no, that, I know that now. But, but although again. although at this point. I don't know my way around Central Hall because it used to be when you first came in the the front doors, it was Intel on the right, and Microsoft on the left, and neither <laughs> one of them had a booth last year. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, yeah, I didn't. Um, yeah, I think I went. When I went. I was. I think it was. I went to the the side entrance, and when I walked in, yeah, you know, when I walked straight, it was Central Hall, like right in front of me, and then. I'm trying to think where it, oh yeah, that's, uh you came in through the the south central uh uh entrance where mm-hmm. it's the middle between the two right yep yeah that's, that's yep, what yep, yep. yeah and let me tell you that south was like, is to the right and central is straight in 
Okay, cool. Okay, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, when and it was Matt, and hopefully, so we don't know. So from what I saw on, we know the, nothing. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, there's very little, very little information being dribbled out because usually, um, well, I know they have the keynote for GM. GM CEO is going to be doing a keynote. T-Mobile uh, is going to do a mobile. keynote. Yeah, um, do a keynote. And that was it. And usually, with the news dribbles a little bit, you know, more and more out. But, um, but like again, I'm excited. So more to come. You know, we're like again, we're in a we're in a planning stages right now. So, um, which we'll talk about. We'll discuss. We have a lot of new and exciting stuff coming. Mm-hmm. We're going to try some new stuff this year. So mm-hmm. everybody should be prepared for that. Right. The the studio is going to look different than it's ever looked before. We're <laughs> we're doing some stuff. Cool. And I hope, and definitely, you know, for this podcast and the, the YouTube channel, I'm going to definitely make it a point. I, um, because I have things that I, that I want to do like behind the scenes stuff, do, um, the live blog we'll have, mm-hmm. but I want to like bring, you know, this, our YouTube channel and this podcast, I want really, you know, we all want to bump it up a little bit by getting a lot more content, you know, on it. And I am, again, I am really, really looking forward to it. So again, um, more to come. And we'll uh, tell you where to go to, to find it and all, all that good stuff. All right. So let's dive into this week's news. Um, first up, Twitter has agreed to pay $809.5 million to settle a class action, class action suit filed by shareholders in 2016. Investors allege that Twitter masked the company's slowing growth while executives, executives including former CEO, Dick Costolo and co-founders Evan Williams and Jack Dorsey, who is the, now the current CEO, sold stock for, quote, for hundreds of millions of dollars inside profits. Aren't they naughty? The plaintiff said Twitter was tracking daily active users as the key metric for engagement in early 2015, but it was still reporting monthly active monthly active user figures. The uh, the um, the daily active users measurement indicated engagement was dropping or staying flat, according to the lawsuit. Twitter says the proposed settlement, which has a court has yet to approve, approve um, uh, quote, um, uh, quote, resolves all claims asserted against Twitter and the other named defendants without any admission, concession, or finding of any fault, liability, or wrongdoing by the company or any defendant. Twitter and all the individuals named as defendants in the suit has have denied any wrongdoing. The lawsuit accused Twitter and executives of violating the Securities Act, Securities Change Act of 1934. The the company plans to use cash on hand for the settlement. It expected to pay the sum by the end of the year. Wow. Wow. 800, over $800 million. Didn't Martha Stewart go to prison for less than this? Yes. And okay. only served, and also served, served jail time, not even like a couple of years as well. Yeah, she was on house arrest for most of it, in fairness. She was only supposed to spend a couple of months in jail, and the rest was house arrest. Right. She wore an anklet. Mm-hmm. I know, because it wasn't the one that I worked on. <laughs> uh-huh. I just so happen to know, because I saw a photo, I'm like, oh, I know whose that is. It's not ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think uh, Twitter has been – this is kind of amazing that – that um, that a they're they're agreeing to pay this, and b it's a shocking they're not fighting it. 
they're not fighting they're not fighting this so basically saying all right well you guys win we're gonna give you this money and and we're done with it yeah it's basically nuisance pay is mm. what they're paying here um okay. that's i mean it's not the official term but it's definitely what lawyers call it uh <laughs> it's it's a nuisance settlement settlement here's a certain amount of money for you to shut up and go away mm-hmm. right and that's 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 what this is it We've officially figured out that it will cost more than this to actually try and fight this. So here's a big chunk of money. Go away. And oftentimes it works. Uh, But if they violated the SEC, right, the actual Securities and Exchange Act, uh, those are criminal proceedings. So my guess is after this is resolved, the SEC is going to get involved next. So that would be interesting. Yeah. But I'm I, just... I don't know. I, Twitter has always been a disaster, um, like of an organization. And so this was inevitable that something like this was going to happen. Uh, uh, hipster Rasmutin, Jack Dorsey there uh, was a terrible leader and is again a terrible leader. So it's not surprising that stuff like this happened at, yeah. both after and before his CEO watch. Because <laughs> um, he's he's a mess. It mm-hmm. seems like everything he touches turns to trash. Because <laughs> he doesn't seem to respect anything, which is the right. thing. He doesn't seem to care about users or anything. It's all about him. Mm-hmm. So... That's and he's also and he's also and he's also heavily all in on on Bitcoin and he professed his love for it on numerous occasions for it as well. Yeah, well that's that's because he also is the head of Square. <laughs> and you know, as a financial institution, uh saying anything against cryptocurrencies would be insane right now considering the immense interest in them. Yeah. I mean, we the the Fed is considering uh, Fedcoin. Uh, that I mean, that's that's where we are right now. So it would be crazy for for somebody involved in the financial space to say something against uh, cryptocurrency these days. Do you think that there's going to be more lawsuits against Twitter? Um, because this is something that um... suits against Twitter all the time. Well, well, yeah, but as far as like, are they going to like, you know, keep, you know, like, as you say, you know, here, you know, shut up money and, and go away. Or are they going to like, you know, because it's something that I've never, I mean, I, I mean, I know that Twitter has been, sorry, wrong question. Like, you know, trying to get, um, has been suits and there's been congressmen dealing with them for already for over the past several years. But do you think that yeah. there's going to be more monetary lawsuits out of this or more coming? So out of this, the problem with this is that if you accept the suit, if you're part of the the class and you accept uh, anything from it, then you cannot engage on the topic again. Okay, got it. Part of your agreement is that you are accepting this as reality. So your choices are accept that the class... um, has been compensated fairly mm-hmm. and take your money and go away and go away, which is why it's called a nuisance payment. Um, okay. Cause the, the goal is to make you go away mm-hmm. or 
you you say that the class has not been satisfied and therefore you don't get anything out of it but you have the ability to go it alone you can't do a class action again because you joined the class in the first place so there are issues with further on this mm-hmm. but the SEC isn't signing anything to that <laughs> to, to that agreement gotcha okay so yeah, I was just... my guess is that the SEC has been waiting to see what a court said on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and since it's not actually going to court, uh, it's it's hush money. Um, it means the SEC is going to have to actually do, the, do their job. They were hoping that somebody else would do it for them, right. uh, which is standard operating procedure. It's cheaper to let somebody else do the job than the federal government do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but my guess is the SEC is next. We'll we'll see. I just was when I saw that you know coming across the the, the news this this past week. I was like, whoa! And I was like, you know, because Twitter, you know, they have now Twitter stories and they're, and they're doing other changes that are not really, uh, you know, my personal thing. I'm like, I'm not into and they're you can edit tweet, not edit tweets, but there's something else. I can't remember what it was. It was tw- not Twitter stories, but it was something where you can do something in the tweet or uh, for life, I can't remember what it was, but um, but yeah, they've been doing a lot of things supposedly, you know, for the good, um, and people are still not happy. And you know, with this, I was like, "Whoa, holy crap!" <laughs> yeah, especially in the earlier days of the company, um, and it's one of the reasons why uh, why um, Costello is not the CEO of the company anymore is because he was an even bigger mess. Um, (laughs) Everybody, investors, the whole market, the founders, everybody hated this guy. And it's the Mm. reason why he was fired and replaced with one of the founders coming back as as CEO is because he was an absolute mess. Um, And so something had to be done uh about it and so it was gotcha. okay. well we'll see what's uh mm-hmm. and, we'll, and we'll see what happens uh a little bit you know because this is something that's uh, we're any we're still going to hear stories see stories and stuff from 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 twitter um you know, in the next uh, few weeks or months. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, the, the 2016, 20, like 13 to 2017 era for Twitter is not over. This isn't the only lawsuit that we'll see for, from that era, but this will probably, unless the SEC gets involved, this will be the last we hear of this particular issue, but there are plenty right. more to look at. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So stay tuned. All right, other news this week. Now, on episode 92, this was back in July, uh, we dissected on LG's OLED TV. And if you want it, it will be $100,000. And we were discussing, and also (laughs) discussing on that episode that you can get a house for it for $100,000. Well, Google has that and a lot more. So they said this past Monday, it is paying $2.1 billion. Billion. This would it be billion dollars 
for a New York City building. It is the largest American office deal since 2018. The deal is for a 1.3 million square foot waterfront building at Hudson Square in Manhattan that is set to be completed in 2023. The 12-story building at 550 Washington Street takes up two takes up two two full city blocks is originally constructed in 1930 as a terminal for freight trains that ran on what is now the the high line the deal signals that google is planning to expand its in-person footprint in new york even as it gives more employees the option to work remotely the company currently has 12,000 googlers in the city and the set of plans will add at least 2,000 more uh, Google's, uh, Google's uh, chief financial officer, Ruth Porat, said in, a, said in a Tuesday blog post, quote, announcing a deal, quote, coming together in person to collaborate and build community will remain an important part of our future. It is why we continue investing in our offices around the world. In addition to the Hudson Square building, Google also plans to open 320,000 square feet in all the space of Pier 57 in Chelsea. Of course, uh, the politicians and uh, politicians in New York are giving praise to Google. Mayor Mayor Bill De Blasio said in a press release sent out to de- sent out by Google, "quote Google's historic investment in New York City remain marks a enormous makes an enormous step for recovery." Kathy Hochul, uh, meanwhile, said the deal was "quote yet another proof point that New York's economy is recovering and building." That's good. So it's so things are. I guess maybe things are coming back to normal, um, and people are not. Well, for me, my I'm my company. I'm I'm working back in my building, in my office. So I'm, I'm happy <laughs> about that. Again, after a year and eight months. So Google, you know, they're that's great. That's Google's like doing this, but but whew, wow, a billion a two point uh, uh, two point. Uh, uh, 2.1 billion dollars and when you have real estate in new york it's not cheap <laughs> it's not cheap at all okay so i've got some math for you okay 1.3 million square feet plus the second facility at 320,000 square feet is 1.62 million mm-hmm. yep. they've got 12,000 employees in new york right now with 2,000 more expected, so 14,000 employees. That works out to just under 116 square feet per person. Wow. That doesn't seem necessary. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Especially right. when you're taking into consideration that half those employees are in uh, studio apartments in New York that are smaller than that. That's true, too. That is true, and I I can speak. I was when I was dating this girl years ago, in Brooklyn, and it was no bigger than my first floor house. In my house, it's no bigger than that, and it was like a like a really small room, smaller than that where I'm in now. And you know, it's and I know a lot of people that I know some people that uh, live in New York, but I'm not living like work in New York, but they happen they commute to yeah. Jersey, and. The the this when she told me how much it was for the the rent that she was get paying for my jaw hit the floor I was like yeah you're paying that amount for <laughs> wow yeah wait I I know based on my current salary which is not a small amount <laughs> that I would not be able 
to live in a one like a full two bedroom apartment in New York. No. And you could. And you know, I I have a three bedroom house. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it doesn't dent it. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to survive two bedrooms in New York. I understand no. how how like entry level people at Google, I know what they make because I have friends that have gone that way. Mm-hmm. I'm very sorry. But uh <laughs> I can't imagine trying to live in New York on that salary. You'd yeah. be, you'd literally be in a, in a, a studio apartment. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're 10 by 15, you're doing well. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I was, and that's, and from the, what I, my studio me, here is bigger than the, the studio apartment that some people that are, that are in this live in. Mm-hmm. I'm just um it's great that they're it, it's great that they're bringing people building get buying properties but you know but also in the same token is that they could do I don't know I guess when I saw that and they were saying that it's, it's a when it again it's a record deal because they've had record deals and I think I saw um that there's another company that did the same thing i can't remember i wish i had pulled it up and i didn't and i didn't but but i mean that's like you know you can easily get so much out of so much space i guess maybe <laughs> but i don't know yeah that's an that's an insane amount for sure mm-hmm. all right all right next up apple has apple hasn't published office subscriber numbers for its tv plus streaming service since it launched in 2019 according to cp according to cnbc apple told the international alliance of theatrical 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 stage employees that tv plus has fewer than 20 fewer than 20 million subscribers in the us and canada a few months ago satista published a published an estimate that puts the server subscribers number to 40 million by the end of 2020 in the U.S. alone. The firm admitted, however, that the estimate does not, quote, necessarily reveal how many paying subscribers use the service. CNBC, uh, CNBC didn't say whether the 20 million subscribers the company declared were paying customers either. It also didn't mention how, how does it also didn't mention how many of those got their subscriptions for free. Apple yeah. used to give away year-long subscriptions to customers who purchase new iPhones, iPads, and, I- and Macs, but it shortened the offer to three months back in June. According to a report, having less than 20 million subscribers allowed Apple to pay production crew lower rates and bigger streamers. Under the current contract seen by CNBC, streaming services can pay their employees lower rates if they report less than 20 million subscribers to the IATSE every July 1st, becoming streaming profitability, quote, is quote presently uncertain. The union is negotiating for a, for a better contract. Though since certain since current rules don't make an exception for tech giants like Apple, it also argues that streaming can no longer be considered quote new media. So I agree I with that. It, yeah, I agree that with last that. statement also, I agree with entirely. Yeah, I, and also to, and also too, Apple TV Plus isn't really like as dominant. I mean. Um, as far as the yeah. service, I mean, they have, I mean, don't, I mean, Netflix, you have Netflix and Hulu and um, Amazon Prime, hashtag sponsor. <laughs> those are your, um, those are kind of your big three, right? Exactly. Um, then, then you've got kind of right below that, you've got Disney Plus, 
Mm -hmm. Behind that, you've got Paramount Plus. The only reason that uh, survives at all is because of Star Trek. Um, Because it certainly doesn't have anything else to offer. Um, And then way below that, you've got Apple TV Plus. And Mm -hmm. the only reason they have the last time they reported numbers that they had any numbers was because anybody who bought an iPhone 11, mm-hmm. 12, one of those. Yeah. Um, trying to 12, the 13 is coming out soon. So it would have had to have been the 11 uh, because the offer was for a year and they kept extending it and they kept extending it and they kept extending it. Mm-hmm. Um which is definitely the sign of a desperate brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and since the thing expired, anybody who wasn't paying, uh, they have been pestering like crazy, uh, trying to bully them into uh, staying subscribed. Uh, they, they released the second season, the beginning of the second season of The Morning Show, uh, just after everything expired. Um, and they were hoping that people would stick around for it, but you know, it wasn't that good. I, Mm -hmm. I was one of the people who got it for a year and a half or whatever for free. Um, and it just expired recently. And now it's, they've just released the morning show. And I looked at it and went, Oh, well, that sucks. Huh? Moving on. (laughs) Uh, Because it really wasn't that great of a show. Uh, They kept teasing that it was like a Steve Carell-led office place comedy. Well, it wasn't a comedy. He wasn't Mm -hmm. that important. (laughs) And it was a little bit of an annoying show. And so outside of that, they don't really have much. They've got Ted Lasso. Right. Who what They won an Emmy. And that's it. Yeah. Those are the only only two things that I can think of that Apple TV Plus has. Yeah. Yeah, there was, um, and their content so. is basically, and also their content, um, there is all originals because they have Oprah Win, they have Oprah Winfrey, um, they have um, the the uh, the Snoopy show one or Snoopy and Snoopy in space. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. They they licensed all the Snoopy stuff, all, all the right. peanut yeah. stuff, and yeah, and so they want to try to ga- gather. Which again, to this day, my my wife is not is not happy that <laughs> that that they took all the. The Halloween special, the Christmas special, you know, she's like, <laughs> she's not, she's not happy. But so, I mean, but it's with that, but, you know, but as far as, but so I can understand that I can understand why these numbers are so low because other, because other platforms like Netflix, because I, I have Netflix, I have Hulu, I have Amazon Prime. What else I have? Um, Paramount Plus, which I, which I'm, I, again, hate the name, but, but I get everything on there, um, you know. So you can see those numbers. Those numbers over the those numbers uh, over the those numbers have grown every quarter because of bringing out more content. And and speaking of Netflix, I don't know if you saw the the Circle season two yet. I I watched two episodes and <laughs> I said I can't watch. This is bore. This is really ridiculous. Cloning. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. If you haven't watched the Circle season two yet. I'm not going to give any spoilers because it's it's really bad. The, <laughs> but, the circle, you know, yeah. The the reality show, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. Sure. I, did you see, did you see the season two yet? I'm most of the way through season three. Oh, season three. I'm sorry. Duh. Duh. Sorry. There's only <laughs> one episode left. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, I, I, I saw. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. Season three. I'm sorry. My brain is like <laughs> off. I yeah. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> I could. I I got like three episodes in, and I don't know. It's cloning. Yeah. There. There were some not fun contestants on this season. That's another. That's another reason why I. I just I I just went off after after the uh, third episode. I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> I definitely get it. But but yes, yeah, so but it's, but it's, but you know Netflix is known for great. Con- I mean they're getting a lot of content and originals and Hulu same thing. There's a good con- documentary about nine eleven that I was watching, which is really really good. And it ex- I saw that. Everything about. I always like move the tears when just, a, and I'm, I think I'm on episode three, I think, I think. Um, and you know, it, it's a very moving documentary. I highly recommend it. It's on, on Hulu, but you know, but you know, all things considered again, you know, Apple TV plus doesn't have that now. Maybe, you know, they might try to wrangle other, um, uh, shows maybe, but, but the way things are right now, well, and, and Peacock's got a good is on, oh, on Peacock as well. Yeah, yeah. Peacock's I forgot about well. Peacock. And I had and I had my doubts initially about Peacock. I really did, and I started watching it, and it's actually pretty good. It's good. It's good money. Yeah, they put they put more effort into it than I thought they were going to. Um, so so I'm I'm on the Apple TV Plus right now, and. So they've got some they've got some high profile stuff. Um, there's there's the horrible musical Schmigadoon, which is do I want do I want to know what that is? <laughs> it is none of the things that made Brigadoon a success. Uh, okay, for those and I, what is Brigad? What is that? Oh, Brigadoon is um. It's it's a it's an older musical. Uh, it, there's an Irish town called Brigadoon that um, appears for one day every hundred years and then disappears. Um, so they basically live their lives in one day at a time, hundred year gaps. Mm-hmm. And uh, these two guys come across it, and they one of them who's about to be engaged, who is engaged, about to be married, falls in love with a woman. Mm-hmm. But okay. this doesn't have any of that. This doesn't have any of the the heart. It is awful. <laughs> um, just absolutely dreadful. Okay. And as somebody who is a huge fan of the original of Brigadoon, mm-hmm. I can tell you mm-hmm. this is nothing like it. Yes, the town disappears, and you just hope that it'll never come back. Uh, Okay, <laughs> they've got the the new Foundation series, which is Isaac Asimov, um, because uh, it was not compelling enough for me to keep a subscription to Apple TV Plus. I know nothing about it um, mm-hmm. outside of knowing Asimov's work very well. Uh, there's the Morning Show, which wasn't good enough to keep me around. Mm-hmm. Um, Ted Lasso, I wasn't that interested in. Uh, let's see. Uh, yep, and now I've come back around. <laughs> which is not a great sign. 
you're right. They've got the Oprah stuff, but oh my God, find me something I care less about than, <laughs> than Oprah. And I'll be impressed. Um, right. They've, they brought back Ghost Rider, mm. which is interesting, but not that much. Um, they do somehow have Jim Henson stuff, which mm-hmm. I find fascinating considering uh, Disney owns right, the Disney rights owns it. to all of Jim Henson's stuff, and they mm-hmm. own two streaming services themselves. So that's a weird right. weird right. agreement. But I mean, they, they simply don't have that much interesting stuff. Yeah, um, and I... They've got a couple. And, and the thing that's interesting is, so Avram posted on Facebook this week asking a question. He said that he didn't understand uh, Netflix's business model because Netflix had their big event this week, right? And uh, this weekend, I think yesterday, and they showed three hours of new stuff from uh, every important franchise that they have. And his his comment was, if I only had uh, one good high quality thing per month, I feel like I would stay on Netflix. And I think Apple TV plus is proving that theory wrong Yeah, (laughs) because yeah. Foundation, the morning show. I heard good things about C. Um, uh, I heard good things about for all mankind. Uh, But not, not enough. Uh, There's that horrible. It wants to be Bob's burgers. So badly central park. Um, (laughs) And I understand. Yes, I understand. Don't write in. I get it. I know it's the same production team. It is a very different and very bad show. Um, But so I think that they're trying to prove Avram right and failing at it because I simply don't think there's enough to recommend it at this point. They are doing about one good thing a month, and I don't think it's helping them. Yeah, and I, they're trying. I also too believe that they're also they're trying too hard. By they're trying to gather as much content as they as they could, and try to get some value for that return, and that would explain why the number base subscriber base is so low. Yeah, because for me, I because for me, I'm not in the Apple ecosystem. I you know for a lot of reasons, but but I would say for if I were to purchase Apple TV Plus you know, and watch it on my own, it'll be a waste because there's nothing really valuable for me. And I think yeah. that if my my wife or my family were to watch it, the only thing they'll be interested in, my wife will be interested in would be Snoopy. My daughter will be interested in the uh, peanuts, but that'll be it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's again, not, and it wouldn't be, it'll be a waste of money. Even if it's a free, free trial or not, it'd be an incredible waste of time and money to do it. So. Yeah, and I think part of their problem is that it has the Apple name in it, right? And so mm-hmm. people rightly, because of Apple's history, assume that you can only watch it on an Apple device, um, right. right? Because you can't use an Apple Watch with an Android phone, for example. Exactly. Yes, the Apple Watch is by far the best smart watch there is currently on the market. I still argue that the Microsoft Band was a better device. I found more use out of it personally, but uh, for so much so, there's one on my wrist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't use it with an Android phone. 
it doesn't give me any value. Right. Um, and so people see Apple TV Plus and they think, oh, it must be only available for Apple customers. I'm not moving on. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you can watch it on Roku and Fire and Google TV and Vizio and LG and Sony and PlayStation and Xbox. And like you can watch it everywhere. Right. Um, but people assume that it's an Apple specific thing. Rightly so. Apple has cemented <laughs> that concept into people's minds. And so I think by yep. putting the Apple name on it, they shot themselves. Hulu does not did not have NBC, ABC, or Fox in its name. It had its own branding. Mm-hmm. Um, and today, it's entirely owned by Disney, and it still doesn't have mm-hmm. Disney's name on it anywhere. It's Hulu. Right. It is its own standalone thing. I think that's a better idea because, you know, if you dislike Disney, um, you might still use Hulu because you may not associate the two. But you're not going to do that with Apple TV Plus if you don't like Apple. So right. I think they have, I think they have forced a smaller market that way. And I think it's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mistakes that have been made. Oh, absolutely. A- absolutely. And I know that when modern family was on, uh, was on, it was on, um, it was on ABC and for the longest time they shame, they put in like, if they were on a computer, they had Apple products you know, depending on their on a scene, like a living room scene or a bedroom yeah. scene, or there Apple was pays Apple product, right? So, you know, so they were all in. So they're trying to like, you know, um, you know, they want to like get that in. And now also too, that I've seen more than on one occasion, Apple TV Plus commercials are running, and they're both and they were boasting about you know about their Emmy wins. And like, all right, I haven't heard of any other. Netflix didn't boast about their wins. Hulu didn't boast. I mean, they were Apple's nope. like was using their. They're desperate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's so, that's yeah. what it is. They're, they're desperate, and it's not it's not making them look better. You mm-hmm. you you never want to date the person who's desperate for a date, and that's <laughs> that's Apple right now. Good way to put it. <laughs> Good way to put it. All right. And I'm watching the, the stream. And for the first time, like my, my internet connection is like <laughs> going up and down. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> my goodness gracious. Computer Weird. suck. Computer <laughs> suck. Yep. All right. So up on Wednesday, um, Microsoft held its um its service event, and there's a lot to get into and and Scott's being the uh, the Microsoft guru, I'm going to lean one, lean to him on this. So we're going to dive in on a, on a, on these. Um, first up is the um, Surface Duo Two. Um, they uh, there's a massive uh, from what the reporting or Micah was now saying the reporting about a massive upgrade for its um, Surface Dual Surface Dual Duo Dual Screen Dual Screen Android device. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a new triple camera system on the back of the Surface Duo 2, uh, including a telephone lens, two wide-angle lenses. Um, also, on the um, also there's an ambient screen on the device's hinge that displays your notifications and other information. Um, and you can uh, order this the Surface Duo uh, now and before it comes available on August 21st, October 21st. Excuse me. Um, there is the Surface Pro 8. So before uh, we let's let's do these devices sorry. one at a time. So we got the Duo okay. 2, right? So okay. 
if you're if you're watching on video, I have the Duo One here in my hand. Um, body wise, it hasn't changed uh, shape or size. Uh, what it has done is it's added a massive camera array to the back. Um, and by massive, I mean massive. It is huge, sticking off the back of the off the back of the phone, which I think is going to be a problem for them. Um, the other thing that they've done is here on the hinge, like you said, they added um, like a wraparound screen, similar to the disaster that was the Samsung Galaxy Edge. Um, but only that was only a problem because when you were using the device, you would touch that edge and trigger things that you didn't mean to. With this device, when you open up the screen and you're holding it like this, you're not going to be poking at that screen. So Microsoft managed to figure out a way to make it a success, that concept a success while... Um, uh, not wanting everybody to hate it, which is absolutely what happened with the Galaxy Edge. I remember uh, Todd, when Samsung gave him a review unit, threatening to throw it uh, within several hours because it was absolutely obnoxious. Um, but yeah, so th those are your big differences. It's also got 5G. If I remember correctly, it's also, uh, it's got NFC um, and I believe it has wireless charging finally. Um, Thank goodness. Um, but uh, those were things that had to happen if a second generation was going to work. These other things weren't have to haves. They were nice haves because the camera on the first generation, which is inside uh, here on the inside of the, the thing, uh, worked well. Um, it's a great camera. And you could use it as a front facing or a rear facing, but the addition of the wide angle and the, the telephoto and all those things that, that came in definitely welcomed additions. And let me ask you this. Um, so a lot of people are pointing this as, as not necessarily a phone. Then people are saying a tablet. So is it, is it really a phone? I mean, because when I saw people holding it, they were holding their phone like up like this, not to their face. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, you can use it that way, but it's also, I mean, it's not, it's not a bizarrely shaped device to hold mm -hmm. single-handedly. It's actually really mm -hmm. comfortable to hold. Um, it's kind of like holding a, an earlier generation note uh, before they went long with it when it was still a wider device. So it's mm -hmm. similar to holding a note, you know, you can talk on it, you know, like a regular phone. You can also use it in speakerphone mode, obviously which is how a lot of people use them anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's not, True. that's not a bizarre thing. A okay. lot of people I know only use their phone and speakerphone anyway. So, so do I. Or with so, Bluetooth. But the whole, True. But there has been like a lot of talk I've, I've seen um, online, you know, the, the debate, is it a, is it a smartphone or is it a tablet? So you lean towards tablet or, or do you lean more? I, I'm not going to lie. I think that this is the first phone that deserves the term phablet. Um, okay. I don't believe there's ever been another device that truly deserved the name now that this is out. Uh, mm -hmm. Since this thing first came out, I'm like, yeah, this is what a phablet is. This is mm -hmm. that hybrid between a phone and a tablet because mm -hmm. it is small and phone when you want it to be. And it is giant and tablety when you want it to be. Mm -hmm. Right. As opposed to a phablet, which is always the worst of both. Mm -hmm. 
you know what I mean? It's always too big to be a comfortable phone and too small to be a useful tablet. This manages because of the hinge, because of the flip, it actually manages to do both really well. And the fact that you can flip it all the way around, right, which you can't do with your, uh, with, with your, you know, Galaxy Flip or Galaxy Fold, you can't use it in just half mode because the screen doesn't bend that way. You do have the ability to have a small format device and a large format device in one product. That's the thing that I like. I also really like that you can set uh, apps to go uh, dual screen when they launch, uh, which has been one of the things that's annoyed me is like, I always want uh, um, Outlook to open dual screen because it's the only way I use it. But I can't tell it to do that now. We'll be able to uh, once the next update comes out and and on the new phone. So I that's wonderful being able to say when I open Outlook, always open it dual screen if both screens are on. That's fantastic because then you get the the email is on the left and the message is on the right. Like if you use Outlook or Gmail or any other app on the web or on a desktop, that's how they work, right? You get your emails on the left and you click on one and they open on the right. This works the same way, but only if it's in dual screen mode. <laughs> and you can't have it do that by default, but you're going to be able to uh, soon. So there's all kinds of new stuff coming that will also come to these. And these are a great device. I'm not going to lie. The first gen is a great device. And if you can find one for $599, um, they're a really great price uh, if you don't need the 5G. Well, for me, I, I was because for me, I'm, um, I don't, I was debating, I'm waiting for the Pixel Six Pro. So, but, um, but I like it. I mean, I'm not really wasn't really. If I were to purchase one, purchase one, definitely Microsoft. That I would definitely go that route because it's it's easy to hold. Because I'm usually when I have my, with um when I'm not. When I'm doing things. I'm on my 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 Kindle. That's all, everything I do on that. So if I were to do any pro, you know productivity tools, things of that nature, yeah, I would definitely go with that. Absolutely. Yeah. I right now they're available at the micro. The first gen is available at the Microsoft Store for six ninety nine. Um, mm-hmm. and there are a couple of deal sites out there. Um, I don't know any of their names right now, but there's some deal sites where you can get them for about four fifteen. Hmm. And at that price, I mean, they're a heck of a deal. Okay. Well, let's check it out. All right. So moving right along, we're going to dissect each one. Next up is the um, is the Service Pro 8. Um, there's a... The biggest uh, update since the Surface Pro 3. Right. Um, support for Thunderbolt 4. Um, a 13-inch pixel sense display with a 120 hertz refresh rate. Uh, starts at one thousand eleven hundred dollars. It's able to be ordered, be able to pre-order now. It goes on sale on October fifth. Um, there is the most, most of these devices come out on the fifth, right? Yeah, the, Mo- um, everything that runs Windows eleven <laughs> comes out on the day that Windows eleven comes out. Okay, that would be. That'll be yeah. And also, they announced the um, the Slim Pen Two. So, I'm gonna break that down. Or... So this, yeah. So the the Surface Pen has seen a lot of changes over the years. I've got for those of you who are watching, I've got two of 
two of the generations here in my hand. Uh, <laughs> the the black one was for the first and second generation when the when the pros were black. Um, and the little thing here was how they charged. Um, they they literally charged on the same port that the surface charged on. Um, and they magnet in there. Uh, this one here is for the newer devices. Um, it was the second generation. There's a third generation that lost the clip and the, the tip turned purple, which I hated. Um, but uh, these did not charge, which I always thought was a mistake. They run on uh, two uh, quad A batteries, which I thought was a huge mistake because the charging capability of the first one was one of my favorite parts. Um, but it also um, connected side this side i think yeah so they also connected to the computers via magnets um the thing that's cool about all this new generation however is that the place that they connect also charges them again um and it doesn't matter if we're talking about the surface pro 8 that goes in the keyboard and closes up if we're talking about the surface laptop studio all all of the new devices have a place to just click it in and let them charge, which I think is really cool. I'm not a huge fan of the design. This is still my favorite Surface Pen. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's I like that they connect and charge and hide away on all the devices. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, cool. All right, so we also have, these are all um, also the Service Pro, Service Pro X. Uh, there's nothing, the, there's absolutely nothing new about the new Surface Pro X, except it is a Wi-Fi only model internally. Okay. Nothing else has changed. Okay. So it is exactly the same Surface Pro X. It just has uh, no uh, LTE. Okay. And then you have the Service Go 3. Uh, the small format uh, Surface, it is closer in size to the original Surface Pros, um, which were 11-inch screens, 10.7, uh, 10.3, whatever. It's about the same size as what the Surface Go is, uh, significantly thinner than the originals, of course. Um, but it's it has very little difference between the two and the three. Um, it did not get the major um, design overhaul that the Surface Pro 8 did. Um, it got a design overhaul, but not the significant, oh my God, change uh, that the, the Surface Pro 8 got. Um, and then upgraded specs, more proc, uh, better RAM, you know, all the things that you would expect. And, you know, starting at 400 bucks for a full Windows 10 uh, computer in your hand is a really good price. Yep. Kind of, except that the Surface Pro 7, last year's model, uh, is now on sale for 649 So for $250 more, you get the Pro model. So definitely worth considering. <laughs> All right, and there's the and the Surface the, Laptop the, Studio. Right, lastly, yes, sorry. My absolute favorite device of uh, the announcement, the uh, the 
Uh, Surface Book is dead. Long live the Surface Laptop Studio, which is its direct replacement. Uh, we will not see the Surface Book, which is, of course, the device that I use here in the studio right now with the, the special watch hinge um, and the ability to pop the screen off entirely and use it uh, solo. Come on. Use it solo as a tablet and leave the keyboard behind. This device is dead. We will not see the Surface Book uh, in the future. Um, what we will see is the Surface Laptop Studio, which is the best of the Surface Book combined with the best of the Surface Studio, which is the big 36-inch uh, all-in-one all touchscreen device designed for uh, designers, uh, editors, creative people. Um, and... This has both. So it's got that pull the screen towards you, which is one of the things about the studio that, that designers really liked. It makes it feel more personal because you pull the screen towards you. Uh, it has the ability to turn into a full tablet, to pull halfway, to pick up, to lean over, all the things of the studio, but in a significantly smaller and much less expensive price point. Um, mm. the, the last generation of the Surface Studio uh, started at $3,500 and came with a processor that was old enough to not officially support Windows 11. Um, whereas the Surface Laptop Studio uh, comes with a completely modern processor, up to 32 gigs of RAM, a RTX 3050 video card, um, mm -hmm. lots of lots of high-profile, high-power devices uh, specifically for uh, designers. Uh, this is 100% aimed at creative professionals, designers, editors, things like that. Um, it is likely to be uh, my next device. Because I would, I would be able to sit with a laptop at CES and edit and publish video from a laptop that's that small. Yes, please. Mm. <laughs> and one thing was certain with the i was going to say with the um with the um the uh the duo uh they're not android 12 is coming later in next month so i was you know for me if i were to get that i'll be i would rather have the latest the last os because windows you have android 11 and then within like a couple weeks time you know, Android 12 is coming out. So, okay. You know, they should let's have talk, timed it. Let's talk about that real quick. Mm -hmm. So this thing shipped with Android 10 with the promise mm -hmm. of Android 11 within a couple of weeks. Mm. We're still on Android 10. Oh, no. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> so um, don't hold your breath on that one. Okay. Is, is all I'm no. going to say. Uh, it, All right. it's, it's the only, it's the only major problem. The only thing that I have actively, uh, engaged Microsoft on has been that topic because it does annoy me that we're on Android 12 is almost out and this is still running 10 and they're promising right. 11 before the end mm -hmm. of the year. Oh, but it, wow. Wait, 
So by the time you get 12, we'll be until next year or, yeah. or later. Yeah, it'll be 2028 before we get Android 12 on these <laughs> devices. <laughs> it's such it's such a topic that mm-hmm. there are people who have been trying to build um, unofficial ROMs for these devices with 11 and 12 on them because everybody has given up. Yeah, and rightfully so. Rightfully yeah. so, because I had with um, I've had Motorola and other devices in the past, and they promised you know the latest OS is gonna be on there. And I remember, I think I had um, which Motorola did I have? Um, it was original Droid, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I read online when the, the actual dates, and I went different sites, and they didn't have it. They promised it would be one month, then it was two, then it was six months, and then uh I was and it was you know it was running slow. And then I'm like, screw this. And when the pixel pixels came out, I'm like, I'm all in on pixels now. I'm all in. Yeah. But if, but for me though, if I honestly for me, I would if I wanted to get definitely I'll look into it, you know, because I like I like the the style and the and how it handles. Um yeah, I'll definitely look one up just to have one on the side definitely but yeah um so a lot of a lot of interesting stuff announced um almost everything exciting there's always downfalls to everything right there's Mm -hmm. there's the update window on (laughs) uh on the duo um but you know the 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 surface studio i still think they should have called it the surface book studio um but whatever I'm going to call it that. Uh, But the Surface Studio, um, I think is a great device. Um, I'm super stoked about that one. I think that's the first time we've seen something big and creative come out of the Surface brand um, since either the book or the hub. Everything else has Mm -hmm. been pretty pedestrian. Oh, look, a laptop. Oh, look, a smaller version of the Surface. Okay. Eh. Oh, an ARM version of the Surface. Okay. Um, but you know, the hub was a big deal. That's the big TVs, um, that they use like on, on television, uh, the news shows and stuff. Um, and then, you know, the surface book with the detachable screen, that was a big deal, but that's been a long time. (laughs) I think this is the first time they've really made a big move in the surface space. Um, and I'm stoked about them. I want one already. <laughs> I'm annoyed that there's not card. one sitting here now. I know. <laughs> well, you got like a got a week or two, less than a week to get one. Two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, sorry. See, Ugh, my brain I'm, got brain just ten, got averted. <laughs> ten days. Okay, we'll be exact <laughs> now. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Apple, earlier um, other new other news from Apple. Apple is reportedly working on ways to help detect, detect and diagnose conditions such as depression, anxiety, and cognitive decline using an iPhone. Researchers um, yeah. hope that analysis from d- of data such as mobility, sleep patterns, and how people type how people type could spot behaviors according could spot behaviors associated with those conditions. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Other measurements inclu- could include facial expression analysis and heart and respiration dates rates. 
all the processing will take place on the device with no data sent to Apple servers. So that's good news. <laughs> I don't trust the, it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that's true. There's always that privacy I don't, concern. <laughs> I don't believe them. <laughs> but yes, theoretically, good news. Theoretically, mm-hmm. The company is working on research product projects that could lead to the development of these features. The University of California, Los Angeles is studying stress, anxiety, and depression with Apple Watch and iPhone data for 3,000 volunteers being tracked in a study that starts this year. A pilot, a pilot phrase began in 2020, recorded data from, one, from 150 participants. Researchers will compare data captured from iPhone and watch sensors with questionnaires participants, participants fill out about how they feel, as according to report. They've all, they're also said to be measuring the, the stress, the levels of the stress hormone, cortisol, and participants' hair follicles. Very interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cool that um, that because a lot of people, you know, I have for me personally dealing with the depression, um, or, uh, you know, it helps you know to find ways to improve myself. Um, but however, the um, but leaning towards the the privacy when it sits on the device, and I that's kind of throws up a little bit of a red flag for me. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I the idea that you'd be able to tell from typing style is interesting to me. Mm. I definitely look forward to reading the results of this study. Mm. Um, I don't know that I want to participate in it though. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's something that, um, again, the privacy thing. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I would like, I mean, it's, it's it, I like to see what, you know, the, the somebody comes out with its numbers and, but you know, it's, I mean, technology, the way technology has been changing over the years, um, for the good, but also the technology changes and it could be, it can also be harmful at times as well. And scary. So there's a double. Mm-hmm. So there's a double. There's a double edged double edged double edged sword. Yeah, for sure. All right. Speaking of phones, um, the, the register posted that in London there's a mobile museum boasting over two thousand exhibits to go online and on the street this year to show off the evolution of the mobile phone from 1984 to the present day. And I know Scott, you got a whole probably a whole bunch of phones. And its founders are looking for donations to fill a few gaps in the collection. Um, Museum founder Ben Wood says in a uh, prepared statement, quote, I've been collecting phones for more than 25 years. Over the last decade, over the last three decades, the mobile phone has has become part of the fabric of society and the design diversity from early transportable phones to the latest smartphones with flexible displays is something to behold. When when the online museum when the online museum launches later this year, we want it to be a rich learning resource and a way to inspire young people to go out to go on to create incredible mobile innovations of, ha- of their own in our future. To support that opening, Wood and colleague Matt Chatterley has been touting for has been have been touting for sponsorship, and they found their big name in the form of UK mobile network Vodafone. Um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Vodafone consumer director Max Taylor um, says, "quote We hope that 
we hope that by supporting Ben and Matt's unique museum collection, the most comprehensive collection of anywhere in the world, we're able to help people reminisce about the devices they have had over the years. Um, the financial, the um, the financial terms of the sponsorship have not been disclosed. He also says, "quote and get excited about what devices might be able to do from the future." The plan. The plan is to have the collection available online from November of this year, then to run pop-up physical museum tours in the future. But the collection, while impressive at over 2,000 unique handsets, is incomplete. They're also looking for wooden Charlie, also looking for 11, they say, or reporting saying holy grail items to add, including the Nokia 950 sliding smartphone, the unusual rotary style Samsung Serene, the vintage Ericsson GS88 Penelope, the spinning Motorola Aura and the just about luggable Mobria Senator from 1981, the predecessor of 1984's Mobria Talkman. And I was looking on their website, and I'm going to pull this up in a second so you guys can see. And we're going to do this. And we're going to, why is it watching live right now? So there we go. And this is the website. It's very plain. Um, it is very plain. And I'm looking. And if you look on, if you guys are wa if you're watching live on the live video, um, this site is very plain. And there is the phone. And we're gonna pull up what they want the most wanted. And if you look. This is what they're looking for. The Tag Hero Meridist, the Motorola Aura. I think I have one of these, I think, somewhere. There's I was going to say, should, should I tell them that I have three of the ones on this list? <laughs> you should. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, any items donated will become the property and recorded as an unrestricted gift. Items not returnable after donation. If any items not fit into our collection for any reason, they may be donated to other museums or recycled. Yeah. So. Yeah, I have, I have three of the devices on this list. <laughs> okay. I think I have the Nokia one. I think I have the Nokia 1011. I think. I, think I, I do. do. Yeah, I do. You do? Okay. I think I do have one too. I have a 1011. I have an N950, and I have a T66. I don't think anybody my has this. personal collection. Um, uh, somebody I worked with at Radio Shack um, had one and had it actually on the counter in the store as a reminder of how much uh, technology had changed. Mm -hmm. And it has. Go back to the tighter shot, by the way. Brought us back to the wider shot. Uh, it's been acting, it's been doing that weirdly lately. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's an interesting idea. I mm -hmm. would, I would love if they would actually. So on their most wanted page, it says, mm -hmm. "If you have any devices shown below or others not in the catalog, we'd love to hear from you." But they don't give us what the catalog is. So, right. I'd like to see the catalog. I'd love to know what they have in their possession. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Sadness. Yeah, this, yeah. 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 I was looking at it and yeah, I was like, oh, well, it was interesting. But then when you, when you 
think it's interesting and then you kind of get look at the real thing not so much <laughs> yeah that's definitely my fear mm-hmm. yep all right next up cheap prescription drugs platform GoodRx is getting into the content business the company is debuting good rx health a website that answers the most googled questions about personal health Fast Company is saying that the move aims to make good RX more than a simple price comparison tool for pills as Amazon pharmacy business boom the pharmacy business looms large. Amazon offers both an online pharmacy and price comparison, putting it direct putting in direct competition with good RX. While good RX insists that Amazon is not a threat to the business, a content platform stands to help it differentiate from further from Amazon and build on its loyal following. Thomas Getz, chief research uh, chief of research and communication at GoodRx, says he he sees the new health information site as a cross between NerdWallet and Wirecutter for healthcare. It will provide answers to the most searched questions on everything from whether diabetes is curable to the effectiveness of coffee enemas. TMI. It will also an interesting <laughs> pairing of of uh, examples. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it also advised people on financial matters related to health, like what Medicare programs make for them, or they should buy, or they should buy pet insurance. Um, he yes. uh, Mr. Guest quote, yeah, uh, he says, quote, if you think about Wirecard, if you think about Wirecard does with consumer products, they take an entire category, and they help people get to that one product they may want to purchase. Um, a foreign journalist, he has hired a 50-person editorial team to build and build out content on the site. He thinks there's an opportunity to provide better health information than what's already available from places like WebMD, Mayo Clinic, and Healthline by offering people definitive answers about their health questions based on published, based on published medical research. Uh, he says um, these are first generation. It was in the 90s when those sites were created. They have so much content that it's hard to find the answer that you want. He also notes that these sites live and die by the placement in Google search results. Uh, while Google's algorithm, quote, can be very complicated, he insinuates the goal is actually quite simple. He says, quote, to, re to reward the best content. He's got a lot of balls coming out with these. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of statements in here that I find interesting. First is that this random former journalist thinks that he's going to be able to produce uh, content that's better than the Mayo Clinic. That is uh, fighting words. Right. Um, <laughs> I also find it interesting that he specifies by offering people definitive answers about their health questions. Oh, that seems like a bad idea. That seems like just opening yourself up to legal liability. Mm -hmm. There's never a definitive answer to a medical question. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So that suggests to me that by Friday, they'll be sued out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that... That just seems like a bad idea when it comes to medical, medical and legal. Yeah. Nope. Seems like a terrible idea to claim that you have definitive answers to things. Mm -hmm. And also, too, I always say when you're, you know, with when you for med anything medical related, 
do your research and you know if you, and talk to your doctor especially uh-huh. if, you know don't you know because when you go on google and search for something you may not get the right answer and so i don't think that you know using i have used good rx as far as the cart prescription cart it does save sure. money i will i will absolutely i, I am not I've used that more than one occasion. That but, side of the business sounds like it's a solid idea. It is. It is. I've used it before but. myself and my wife, but but it comes to actual content. I have not. I don't go to. I don't go to Google. I certainly don't go to Amazon. Be, <laughs> but I don't. I would if I have questions. I would ask my doctor point blank. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. WebMD is fun to browse if you want the internet to scare you into thinking you're dying from West Nile virus or something. Um, Mm -hmm. But outside of that, no. Yes. The Mayo Clinic, one of the few medical institutions that I will always lean to. Mm -hmm. Um, They are an unbelievable organization. I've had the opportunity to work... um, with them on procedural stuff. They're an unbelievable organization. Um, but I don't know. Random journalist who's currently selling drugs says, <laughs> I'm going to produce better content at Mayo Clinic. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. And I'm going to do it by giving definitive answers. Terrible statement. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just. Go- Go ask uh, Elizabeth Holmes how uh, definitive answers with no background works out from her prison cell. Yeah, yeah, I don't think this. I don't think this is going to go very well. All right. Speaking of Google, no, nice little segue. Um, Google hopes to give its users more transparency before clicking on or buying from an advertisement. Soon, be able to tap quote about this ad on a page to learn more about why it disappeared. Modesh, Modet, wow, Mojeda Tomish, if I mispronounce this guy's name, I apologize. Um, Google's product manager for ads, privacy and, sa- privacy and safety said in a statement on Wednesday, quote, with advertiser, page, with advertiser pages, you can learn more about the advertiser before visiting their site or making a purchase. You'll still be able to uh, stop seeing an ad and report it if they think it violates Google's content and advertisement policies, they can also see other ads as a company has run over the past 30 days, which could be helpful if they're unfamiliar with their brand. Yeah. Now, we all know that online advertising is huge for business for Google. For the quarter ending June 30th, Google Parent Alphabet tallied more than $61 billion. That's probably why they're able to buy a building in New York. <laughs> Would it be mm-hmm. sales? <laughs> the that for, for basically nothing. The money they found in their couch cushions, right? <laughs> Absolutely. The vast majority of that form of that from ad sales in the company's various platforms and advertising networks. Google said 30 million people interact with its ad controls and tools every day, especially on YouTube. Yeah. Google's new, yeah, and I news it too. Um, Google's new ad disclosure pages will launch in the US in the coming months on YouTube and Google's search engine and other countries in 2022. So I wonder if it'll give information like so. All right. So on F5 Live tomorrow, we're going to talk about all the problems with Facebook. But one thing that they did 
um, a couple of years ago that I really, really liked was that they added an info box, uh, an info button to external links. Mm -hmm. um, and if you mouse over it, it'll give you information like how long the website has existed. Um, and I think that is fantastic information. Um, and that would be great on ads uh, like this. I would like in that in that about this ad, I'd love it to tell me how long the domain that the ad is ending on has existed, how long it has been under the current ownership. All of which they have act they already have. <laughs> um and well, I know so. for with YouTube, and I, I know for me with YouTube, I have YouTube Premium because I couldn't do the ads anymore. Oh, it was annoying. Every every five seconds, or however they have it tied into the um, to their pre roll, I couldn't do anymore. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do anymore. I just, I mean, I, you know, and and they're making they're making a pretty penny with when it, with the with YouTube Premium because I I know several people that have it and swear by it, and you know, and a lot of people didn't know. And I think what I was going to do last week when I. Uh, when I was going to um, doing the, uh, working on the on the show last week about how they explain how Google Search works and what it's actually mean and what as far as their advertising, it's fascinating. There's I think there's a blog post on their on their site, I believe, on how what is Google Search, what does it mean, and uh, how it breaks down, especially as far as their advertising. Because back in the day, a lot of people, you know, people to this day think that you know, Google does, does not profit from their advertising. If they always thought it was just Google search and that was it. They didn't, they hadn't, really hadn't, people had no idea, you know, um, to the average user, but you and I know, but the average user wow. does not know that it's, that it's powered by, what's that? How did they think Google took over the world? Mm -hmm. It's definitely not because they have, the best search results. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. But now they know a lot of people know that it's built heavily on on advertising. Okay. People are you fascinating. I used to have people come into Radio Shack with cordless phones mm -hmm. and you'd ask them when the last time they they charged their phone was and they wouldn't know what that meant and then you'd ask them when the last time they changed their battery was and they'd say there's a battery in this. Oh my god! What did you think it ran on love? What? <laughs> it's like, what are we talking about? <coughs> I knew that. <laughs> love. I used to ask. I used to ask people that. I say that to people all the time. Did you yes, really? sir? It doesn't run on love. <laughs> that that same manager uh, who used to keep the old cell phone on the counter. First time I said that in front of her, I thought she was going to faint. <laughs> she could not believe that I said that to a customer. And then afterwards, she's like, I can't believe you said that. And I said, oh, oh, I got way better catchphrases than that. Just wait. <laughs> I like that. I like that. It's a little, Score. it's a little insulting. It's a lot playful. Um, I don't think it's makes, insulting. I don't think it's but, nothing at all. I really but it don't. makes them feel a little better because the response is so 
weird. It makes them feel a little better about not realizing that there was a battery in it. Because, of course, there's a battery in it. And that, that's the joke, right? No, it mm-hmm. doesn't run on love. Because then you think, well, yeah, of course there's a battery in it. How could I have been so stupid as to have never considered it? <laughs> and so you always get, I always got a laugh out of it. Uh, nobody ever got mad except for the manager who thought mm-hmm. I was being mean. And uh, I'm like, oh, I've been doing that for like seven years at this point. Don't worry about it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I no, I don't No, I guess that's how even how you say it. It's still not insulting. It, ha- <laughs> it has a lot to do with tone, whether it right, comes exactly. off as a joke or a punch in the stomach. Right, right, <laughs> right. No, I, I like that. We should have titled the episode. It's uh... <laughs> it doesn't run on love. It doesn't run on love. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> See this. See, I cannot I believe like... I've never told you that story before. <laughs> no, you haven't. No, this is the first. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> Cordless phone batteries somehow created some of the absolute best. <gasps> Best jokes. Oh my Because you always had people come in. I I need a, a battery for my cordless phone. Great. Do you have the phone or the battery with you? No. Okay. Can you go? Can you go home and get one of those? No. I'll I'll know it when I see it. No, you won't. Yes, I will. All right. Come here. Here are the sixty we carry in the store. I got another 400 I can order online. Do you see it up there? Well, these all look the same. Yeah, looks can be deceiving. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, boy. See, I was I, this episode's gonna be. I knew this episode was gonna be great. I'm a <laughs> technical thing. My my brain's not working right. So I, <laughs> we've been gone for a while. So, we've been gone for a while, right? <laughs> so I'm still a little sick. I just finished right. my antibiotics last night. Right. <laughs> so we're gonna be better. We we're gonna be better. In we're gonna be better. All right. Don't let don't let him lie to you. This is the best it gets. <laughs> touche touche all right next um amazon's echo and alexa uh, devices and alexa digital assistants are about to get some upgrades amazon is set to hold an event this coming tuesday we're expecting to announce upgrade also to its alexa speakers and new updates to its services and yes i did say alexa you could have said echo (laughs) Because it's the Echo speakers. She just Echo, lives inside right. of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. So, okay. obviously, anytime they do this, this is what we yeah. get. We get new mm-hmm. Echo speakers, both the small ones and the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, we get <sighs> upgrades to the digital assistant herself. And then we get a collection of weird things. We never know what those weird things are going to be. Sometimes it's a clock. Sometimes it's a microwave. Half the time they explode. But (laughs) um, those are the things that we get at these events. We get new Echo speakers, and it's about time for some new Echo speakers. We get get upgrades to the digital assistant, sometimes announcements of new partners, and then we get the weird stuff. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the weird stuff is my favorite to talk about because why do you need oh, oh my her? Because why do you need her built into an alarm into a wall clock? Why do you need her in a microwave? And God forbid, will they explode? Those are the. There's <laughs> too many of those microwaves a, caught fire. Did we have? Did we have an episode where it was on an episode a while back about the about the mic? Was it the microwave or was it the clock? I I remember we were, we did go over that. We did dive talk, into that. I've talked a lot about both of them on on lots of shows. Okay, no, I'm just. <laughs> Because I think we talked. Because I think I was on uh, one of Chris's shows to talk about them as well. So I'm okay. <laughs> there's no telling. And we were and yeah, Abram we and I talked the, about the exploding microwaves a lot. Right. Okay. Yeah. So there's not much, a lot of details um, about it. Um, there will know, be next week. But we'll definitely. Yeah. Well, there's no. It's invite only, and I didn't get an invite. So. Um, near you, so now um, Aver might have. So, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So we'll know. <laughs> somebody, somebody in our circle might have. Right. So we'll know more what's going on. We'll 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 uh, find out in, in our next uh, episode. So I'm going to call an audible because we're running long. Um, we're an hour and thirty minutes. So we're no running long, and 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 you know I know you're you're not feeling well, so we're going to wrap this up right now. All right, so. Uh, we're going to dive in. We haven't done this in a while, which I think is great. Um, is what's coming to Netflix? Uh, oh, in good. October. <laughs> this is something I look forward to. We look forward to oh. when it comes out. So here's what's coming in October. So if you're watching live video right now, we're we're just showing what's uh, what's playing uh, in October for this is Netflix. I'm uh, sorry. Call my agent Bollywood. Uh huh. Sure. Why not? That doesn't sound bonkers. Okay. So let's see. Uh, October first. I need or... to know Diana the musical. Please tell me that's not about Princess Diana. Oh, it absolutely is. It is a musical about Princess Diana. Oh my God. Okay. I don't have words for that. I'm going to take some time to deal with it. An inconvenient truth. Two decades later, the world's most popular PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) Oh, the new, are you afraid of the dark? Okay. Not going to lie. Excited about that. Okay. Didn't know that was coming so soon. Uh, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. That's way too many words. And that's sorry, that was like decades, right? <laughs> that was years, decades old movie. The 2007 hairspray. So that's the John Travolta version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the 2010 Karate Kid. That's uh. That's uh, Jaden Smith when he was still little. That's interesting. I'd have forgotten about that until just now. Oh, we finally have an announcement on one Seinfeld is coming back to Netflix October yep. 1st. Yep. Okay. Uh, they also just got 30 Rock back, by the way. I thought 
on it's be on Netflix or on Peacock? Right? Netflix. Oh, okay. Oh. Huh. It's also still on Peacock. Uh Netflix uh, doesn't have the exclusive, but it's back on right. Netflix as of about a month ago. Huh. I was shocked. The... the Spy Kids trilogy. Step Brothers, one of the funniest movies ever. Agreed. <laughs> Without question, one of the funniest uh, movies to ever exist. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> oh, Tommy Boy, possibly the only movie that beats it. <laughs> right. All right. So I have along. Tommy Boy on VHS. I think everybody has. Uh... Uh, what a great movie that is i watched tommy boy during a hurricane one time and then we lost power and i got sad all right so blacklist season eight the blacklist is nbc's weirdest series when it comes to streaming because nbc doesn't have rights to it Mm. yeah i watched a couple episodes and i wasn't really I love the blacklist on and off. There are certain yeah. seasons that are garbage. There are certain seasons that are fantastic. This past season was a garbage one. Anytime they send NBC, listen to this. You ready? Anytime you send Elizabeth off and turn her into a fugitive, the show sucks. Stop doing it. <laughs> Sexy Beast season two. I didn't have... <laughs> Okay. Didn't know there was a season one. Oh my god. Yep. All right. Sure. Why not? Um, I'm trying not to even look at the main screen because of that bizarre photo. Can't deal with it. Oh boy. There's something called Shark Dogs Fantastic Halloween. Um, that is coming out on the fifteenth. I don't I don't know what to do with that information. Uh, I think we're, I think we're going into the it's a rabbit hole of of uh of shows and films now. Yes. <laughs> Sex love and goop. <laughs> I absolutely saw that. I was going to say that has to be with Gwyneth Paltrow. All I have okay. to say is thank goodness that we do not have smell-o-vision. <laughs> Courageous couples. Anybody who gets that joke, congratulations. It's gross. And I apologize. (laughs) Okay. There's definitely a series called Sex Unzipped that's coming on the 2017th. And I apologize for using that verb. Um, It was not intentional. Yeah. How is it that the further we get into October, The less Halloween stuff there is. How is there no real Halloween stuff? It's it's all sex stuff. There's nothing Halloween except this dog shark or whatever it was called. That's the closest we get. Yeah, Netflix has lost their minds this year. I yeah, as you go further in the (laughs) can't do it. Okay, moving right along. Let's go to Hulu. Maybe Hulu is going to be uh, so less weird. Less weird. More Halloween. Right. And speaking of the ad, uh, get out of here. Right. right. <laughs> okay. So 
Air Force One was a good movie. AI, uh, uh, the Will Smith movie is a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clifford, I assume, is the big red dog. It is. Okay. It is. Yep, you're right. More Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Dr. No? The James Bond movie? Interesting. Flatliners, Golden Eye, Golden Finger. Okay, so we're getting James Bond mm-hmm. stuff on Hulu this month. Yep. Golden Eye uh, was a good movie. Uh, also, one of the best uh, video games, possibly, mm-hmm. of all time. Yep. Agreed. Oh, I was I would play Goldeneye for hours on N64. Oh, did you know there was a 360 version that was uh, scrapped like six weeks before it launched? No. Yeah, because I think the studio shut down. Mm. Yeah. The 19. Okay, this is fun. The 1998 Lost in Space movie, which is fun because who has the who has the rights to Lost in Space? Oh, right, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> The original Mad Max, mm-hmm. the Love Guru. All right, so we're getting some SNL nonsense mm-hmm. on both platforms. That's fun. <laughs> um, I mean, Sleepless in Seattle is a classic. It's not good, but it's a classic. Mm. Um, oh yeah, so I knew this was going to happen, and it's weird. So for those, well, I mentioned earlier in the show that the only thing holding Paramount Plus together was Star Trek. Mm. They're losing all of the movies at the end of the month because they're all going to Hulu. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, which CBS Viacom does not own. And they're the only company who has never had ownership in Hulu. <laughs> Oh wow. I oh wow, because I thought that Paramount owned oh wow, wee. Holy wild, God. isn't it? Wow, that's crazy. Wow. It's absolutely wild. All of the originals up through and including Nemesis, all of the originals are all moving to Hulu on October first. That's crazy. That would wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it it's another one of those things. Like on on F Five Live, we talked a couple of weeks ago um, that uh, Paramount Paramount no Universal mm. is doing this weird thing where movies after they leave the theater will come to uh, Peacock exclusively for like mm-hmm. an hour, and then they're <laughs> hyperbole. I think it's three months, and then they're mm. going to Amazon Prime, mm. which again they do not own. Right. It seems like these things they would be trying to prop up their own streaming services with. And yet here we are. Mm-hmm. Nope. Right. I didn't even think of that. What about Bob? That was a great movie. That was an awesome. That was a, I love that movie. I wow. Okay. There's going to be some stuff to watch in October on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's why I'm. Far Absolutely. less to watch in October on Netflix, on Netflix unless you right. want to watch a movie about a shark dog. 
Or... In fairness, in fairness, <laughs> Step Brothers and Tommy Boy. Mm-hmm. I think I have to agree with that. Out of that, out of that entire list, I, I'm full, I'm full agreement with that on that. Yeah, th- those are the two that I most connected with. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, America's Book of Secrets, um, coming on the fifteenth. Um, if you're into ridiculous conspiracy theory stuff, ton of fun. Okay. I mean, go into it knowing that it's conspiracy theory nonsense. Um, but if you like that, it's a ton of fun. I cannot wait to tell Chris Jordan. <laughs> I bet, right? Uh, yeah. Now, after the first, it falls apart. <laughs> Okay. Oh no! Leaving on October sixteenth is something called the Skeleton Twins. Mm. Again, not a whole lot of of Halloween stuff. Right. The Evil Next Door. I don't know what that is, but it it sounds at least scary. <laughs> but it could just be yeah. a true crime series, for all I know, or movie. I don't know. Anyway, that's yep. weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But so I enjoy it. <laughs> lots of stuff coming on the first to Hulu, though. Tons of yeah, stuff. Definitely, check, we'll have a link. We'll definitely have a link up in the show notes so you can check out what's coming to Hulu. So I think I'm not going to uh, lie. But- we should start cutting this segment out and publishing it separately because it's so <laughs> fun. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. I, th- I, yeah, definitely. I think you know, or as far as like post show content too. <laughs> Blippy's Spooky Spells Halloween is coming on the first. I finally found a Halloween thing. Oh, okay. I never. I don't know what it is. It says 2021. Okay. It sounds kiddie. Mm. Something called Blippy definitely makes it sound like it's a kid's thing. But still, at least it's something Halloween themed. Right. <laughs> I don't need Halloween themed things. Just so everybody knows, I don't right. need Halloween themed things. But I know a lot of people like them. Personally, I'm more excited about Star Trek, although I have Paramount Plus, so it doesn't matter that much. Right. It's been a couple of months where every since everything was available in one place, and now everything's available in one place again. So at least there's that. Okay. Well. Yeah. Well, that again, I this has been a while since we I sucked it and jumped into was playing. So I I'm glad that I was able to get that back and. <laughs> It is always fun. It is. It is. All right. Excuse me. And finally this week, why and why in God's name would people do this when ordering from Uber Eats? Uber Eats has I saw this. (laughs) I got this press release. Why would this this is the most they now here here's here's the rub. Uber Eats has introduced searchable pickup maps that let you find restaurants by typing not only by text, but emoji. The map itself shows restaurants relative location with symbols to make it clear what kind of food you'll get. You'll know if a pickup is just around the corner or be smarter to request delivery instead. You can find the searchable map in Uber Eats app and the web. I know. <laughs> Absolutely not. So what if you what if you like want to put in like uh, I don't even use emojis when I text people, I or 
but but we're become as a as a global culture, we're becoming ancient Egypt. We have gone back to hieroglyphs to represent words. Um, and that's that is a 100% serious statement, as funny as it is. It is a 100% serious statement. We are reverting to Egyptian hieroglyphs. It's a modern version of it, but we're reverting to hieroglyphs. We're using emoji. Not us, not you and I. Right. But people younger than us are using emoji Mm -hmm. to represent words. If I interact with somebody who does that, I stop interacting with them because I am incapable of following a conversation that way. They speak English, not ancient Egyptian. Um, but also, if you, but also, we've gone. But it's lazy. lazy. <laughs> we've gone lazy. I don't know. <laughs> for me, it is so much harder to search through the emoji for a picture of a hamburger than right. to swipe type on my on my keyboard hamburger mm-hmm. in one motion mm-hmm. and just move on. Because the only way I'm going to get an emoji of a hamburger is to go to the search option and type right. in hamburger, and then use the emoji. I've already written hamburger. Right. <laughs> but what if you like want to like type like what is it? Um an eggplant. Someone's gonna like think it's it's uh oh horn. Yeah. You're gonna get you're gonna get vegetarian restaurants, Italian restaurants, and strip clubs. Right. <laughs> Maybe brothels if uh right. they advertise on Uber Eats, although I don't imagine that they do. You could I get well, I guess you could have a you can have that delivered. I'm just going to stop there. I don't know what we're rated. I'm going to stop there. Well, no, we're we're good. We're good. We're we're we've been clean. We've been clean so the whole time. So I can comfortably say stripper. I don't know if I should comfortably say the other one. But I no. guess you can have both of those delivered. Right. Although I suppose that would be more of a delivery in a regular Uber than Uber Eats, but that's <sighs> oh boy, we're gonna go. We're gonna go into into a into a rabbit hole. <laughs> that now we're not gonna be able to climb in out, climb out of. And <laughs> has this gone into effect uh, yet, or is this coming? It's it's now. Great, it's now. You're- Fantastic. <laughs> Search for. I don't know how to use this on this phone. Let me see. We're going to try it now live on live on air. We're going to try. If you're if you're listening, if you're listening, no match. (laughs) No match for eggplant. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So if you're listening to the audio audio, um, we're searching for certain things on um, Uber Eats. Are you on the app or on the on the website? Oh my god, a burger absolutely worked. <laughs> so if you're watching live, <laughs> if you're watching live, I got two burger places by using the burger emoji. <laughs> Interesting that the refresh rate of my screen and my camera are that different. It's fascinating. Let me see if I can. What what other things can I search for? Uh, 
Let me see. Um, I'm going to try it myself right now. What about a potato? <laughs> no. You can't order potatoes. My recently used emoji list is getting interesting, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to try it. I'm going to... Um... I got a pancake house when I used a pancake. Um, Nothing for mushrooms <laughs> or carrots. So I put in a fr the French fry emoji and it suggested that I search for the words French fries. <laughs> okay. I just typed in, I just typed in eggplant. And no results. No, wait, I just had it a second ago. Mr. Waffles. Oh, crap, I just had it. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what all of these are. <laughs> wait, hold on. Got a dumpling house. Okay, I got, I got, here we go. Crap. This is for eggplant. Really? Interesting. Yep. That makes me sad that I didn't get any results. <laughs> See, yours, that's interesting. Yours is putting the word in as well as the emoji. Yep. Mine's not doing that. I am also using the Android version of the app. This, this, I'm using the browser. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yep. But you know what? <laughs> it's showing a lot of pizza places and <laughs> for eggplant? Yeah. Yeah. It's showing places that sell eggplant eggplant parmesan. Eggplant it's gonna show right. you Italian places. Right. Okay. I figured vegetarian restaurants and Italian restaurants would be the most common to show up for eggplant. On the web, it's searching based on um, based on ingredients and uh, menu items. In the app, it's not. In the app, it's only searching for uh, the word in the name of the place. So if I search for waffle, it's it showed me a place called Mr. Waffle, um, but it didn't show other breakfast places around here like Village Inn. Mm. So it's only searching in the app for the name. It's not looking at at uh, uh, dishes. Okay. Fascinating. Well, yeah, this is I know what I'm going to be doing tonight. That's terrible. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I've been ignoring this since I got the press release. Yep. And you have ruined that for me. <laughs> <sighs> oh my goodness! That that's. See, this is why I love this episode. That's why I love you guys. Love you, uh, Scott. I really do. And this is the best. And this is like we've gone off the rails. And 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 my. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, with that, because uh, <laughs> we're running really long. That is the yeah we're our yeah we're almost two hours. All right, that is the tech news for this week <laughs> for Sunday, September twenty sixth, twenty twenty one. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. It was not a train wreck, I promise. Show notes from this episode can be found at gncweekly.com. Also, be sure to check out the latest tech news and commentary from geeknewshunter.com. 
And be sure to tune in Mondays and Thursday evenings at geeknewscentral.com slash live for the next for the Geek News Central podcast. And then be sure to watch and tune in GNC Weekly Live Friday evenings, <laughs> hopefully <laughs> Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So be sure to like and subscribe to the GNC WI or channel on YouTube. Also, be sure to click on the bell and always select notifications so you'll not miss this episode. And also, be sure to share this episode with people you know, especially if you want to know about Uber Eats and find out some other <laughs> other ingredients besides waffles and food. <laughs> Let us know your favorite responses, screenshot, Absolutely. and tweet us. Absolutely. I definitely do that. GNCweekly.com slash connect because I'm gonna do this later. I'm going to <laughs> I'm gonna post this up on, on our on our um uh Twitter and um <laughs> Facebook pages. Um I I've already got a graphic in my head that I'm gonna cool. send. Excellent. All right, very good. All right, and um also please be sure we appreciate to subscribe to the podcast on the favorite podcast app. Um, so tomorrow evening, um, Monday, tomorrow evening, Monday evening, 8 a.m. or 8 p.m. tomorrow with you guys? 9. 9 p.m., okay. Normal time, different day. Right. So uh, make sure to tune in tomorrow evening, um, 9 p.m. Eastern time at f5live.tv slash join us. Also, please be sure to subscribe to podcasts on your favorite podcast app. You have a comment on this week's episode, especially with Uber Eats and... <laughs> Because I would love to hear from them. We would love to hear them. Um, head on over to gncweekly.com slash connect and connect via email, Twitter, or Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm at Kirk Corliss. Scott is on Twitter at Triple T M A B O. Till the next episode of GNC Week in Review. So long. Ciao.